Hello, I'm Emma Jane Purcell and welcome back to Fail Harder, the podcast where I chat to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. So before I introduce my guest, I'd like to say thank you to the UX Design Institute who sponsors this podcast. Good UX Design or User Experience Design means that a website or app is trustworthy and easy to use. But you don't need to be a designer or have coding experience to become a UX designer. If you are curious about people and software, you can do the job. The UX Design Institute offers university credit rated courses that will help you get qualified and start a career in UX design. For more information, just visit uxdesigninstitute.com forward slash fail. So now, my guest. Joining me on the podcast today, I have the super talented India Mullen. Like, I think success is like living your own life the way you want it and like being yourself as mad or as whatever that might be perceived to be. And as long as you're doing stuff that feels like it's what you want and you're expressing like how you how you feel the world should be, I think like that's that's prime and it doesn't actually matter like what the job is. India recently starred in BBC and Hulu's Normal People playing the role of Peggy. Indy is also known for playing the role of Katie Kiley in Red Rock and can also be seen in shows like Krypton, BBC's Little Women and Into the Badlands. But today, Indy is not here to talk about success. She's here to talk about failure. Fail harder, fail harder, fail harder, fail harder, fail harder, fail harder. Hello, India. Hello, Emma Jane. You're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. How are you feeling today? Yeah, feeling good. Feeling good. Good. As, yeah, it's as good as you can be in this strange isolation mode. Mm. But um, but yeah, pretty okay. I woke up kind of early this morning, which tends to be a good thing. Yes, yeah, so I feel like setting, the early so. mornings, you know, you don't really have anywhere to go. But like, if you feel like you've got up at a decent time, it's like, okay, you know, I'm I'm doing well today. Like, got up before exactly. 10. <laughs> yeah, trick yourself into being productive. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> before we begin, begin, I'll just explain the format of the podcast to you. Um, so I have 20 questions in front of me, numbered at random. Most are straightforward. However, some are a little unconventional. And in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life throws at us, you can pick the number. Okay. <laughs> Do I go for numbers straight away? Yes, sorry. <laughs> go for numbers okay, straight away. Amazing. The delays on Zoom is like, ah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard as well because if there's any overlap, it's it feels catastrophic yeah it's like you um, go you go oh no you go yeah. okay sorry yeah pick your number whatever you like 14 number 14 okay what has been your biggest lockdown failure oh this is a new question by the way that I've put in for yeah. season two this is a really good one I feel like I have many I feel like there's so many little successes and failures in any given day um, do you know what's been happening to me a lot lately? <laughs> Which, yeah, I I've had quite a lot of mini kitchen fires. <laughs> mini over kitchen the course. fires, as in like I I mean I'm not a big cook, but I I'm not like really you know unable to cook myself a meal. Mm. But 
for some reason lately, it's happened like three times that something I've been cooking has gone on fire and I had to casually kind of like, and in fairness, each time it's been pretty calm, like something goes on fire and I lift it up and just calmly bring it to the back door and put it out. <laughs> but yeah, that's been, that's, I've failed a few times now when it comes to to keeping things. Like, was it oil? Like, what, what was it that you were cooking? I'm trying to remember. There was one where, there was one, we have a, a gas uh, cooker. Mm. And there was one where I was like stirring something and had a tea towel in my hand and the tea towel went on fire. And there was another <laughs> where something in the grill somehow ignited and I had a pan, like a grill pan of fire in my hand. So and um, that's one that comes to mind because it's happened it, it's happened three times now and that's very strange do you have worrying. a fire extinguisher <laughs> there at the ready or a fire blanket I, I actually don't know if we do thankfully they've all been very very tiny and um but yeah so that's now I need to I obviously need to be more careful it's you should probably invest <laughs> <laughs> I know I should I should that's pretty intense failure that's potentially life-threatening Gosh, and like has lockdown been kind of a strange time for you because obviously normal people has come out in the middle of lockdown which is just everywhere like literally it's everywhere and like so like you're obviously you know in the media and you know you're everybody's kind of like you know taking interest in your life and stuff like but like then you're also kind of locked into your house like how has that been? very strange yeah Mm. it's it's been it's been really really amazing obviously because the success of the show and the positive feedback has been so huge and yeah so it just feels it feels very heightened in that way in terms of I feel like so grateful because you're so aware of it because there's not that much else Mm. happening so it's been I just feel really lucky it's been an incredible distraction for one but more on you know it's just I just feel so proud to be involved and so so proud and happy for everyone who made it who's getting the kind of success and positive feedback that they deserve and so yeah but it's been bizarre in that as you say you're in the four walls of your house Mm. and yeah so it seems a bit almost like it's fake because it's all just kind of coming through phone interactions and yeah because you kind of expect like if something that you're in like takes off so much that you know it'll be kind of filled with you know parties and events and you know (laughs) things that you might be going to but like realistically like yeah you're just seeing it on your phone what's happening which is bizarre yeah it's true it's it's that's it exactly I think everyone though in a sense is having that experience because you know no matter what your circumstances are everyone had so many plans and things that we were looking forward to that's now being held and and ultimately I I didn't really expect or maybe I just didn't really foresee or even think about it being kind of this you know this widely Mm. watched and enjoyed and talked about so it wasn't something that I was kind of expecting. So I don't really feel like anything has been taken from me because I wasn't assuming that that would be my life. Yeah. <laughs> so in my head, I'm just like, oh, it's very normal. I'm living like a granny having my tea and yeah, but then <laughs> all it, that. It could so. come out at a better time then really because, you know, obviously it's such an amazing piece of work and people would have loved it anyways. But like 
everybody's going to watch it because like we're all like everyone's just looking for new things to watch and this like new amazing thing comes out so like literally the world tunes in like which is kind of amazing yeah definitely you're so right that's it I think um I mean I was really so excited by everyone on it from like you know writers to producers to crew and so I was aware like in the middle of filming I was like this is going to be very special Mm -hmm. but then I think you're right like having everyone is kind of ultimately like a captive audience so it's Mm -hmm. in a way I think there's just been been kind of yeah so many people watching so it's been do you feel like now because of it that maybe like it's going to take your career to an even higher level like do you feel that yet or are you just kind of waiting to see what happens Oh, you know yourself, I think this career is just so precarious. Mm. And obviously that's such a cliche, but it just is. And every success and every failure, <laughs> keeping it's just, it's so transient. And I don't think you can ever assume that something means, you know, if anything, this whole experience has taught us that the world really is so incredibly unpredictable. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's exciting to think that maybe it'll bring more opportunities and things, but I, I don't, it's not something that I kind of assume because mm. just, just that's it. Yeah, no, it's a, not a good hole to get. Working. <laughs> no, isn't it not? Will we move to the next number? I actually look so pale. Like the lighting in this room is so bad. I just look at myself here. I look like a ghost. You do not. <laughs> like I'm not this pale. Like, I have freckles and stuff, but it's just, yeah, it's just oh, I know that it's sometimes in the I feel like every time I have a light on or if I'm against like a completely white wall, it just kind of like takes mm, like, I must buy one of those ring lights. Look, you know. Oh cool. yeah, like Ken yeah, K. <laughs> All right, we move on to the next number. What number would you yes. like? Um eight. Number eight. Okay. This is a spelling question. Oh no. <laughs> I love the spelling questions. I love um, to hear them, but I know I'll be appalling. How good is your spelling? Would you say uh, out of ten? I would say. You know, I actually don't think I have terrible spelling, but I, the words that I've heard on this on this one now, I feel <laughs> yeah. I'll be a two out of ten. Yeah, like I actually, I'm, I'm kind of running out of difficult spelling. So if anybody listening is like, these words are difficult, send them to me because I'm, I'm like Googling like difficult spelling. <laughs> All right. So. so India, could you please spell conscientious? Ooh, okay. C-O-N-S-C? Mm-hmm. I-E-N-T-I-O-U-S. Oh my God, you got it. <gasps> <laughs> you passed the spelling question. Wow. Oh, I feel so relieved. That's such an honor. I am so honored. <laughs> I feel like I should have some sort of like, I don't know, a fail harder prize if you... Sp- Pass the spelling question. Wow, I know uh, it's it's a prize in itself just to pass it. That is, I'm I will buy you a shocked. pint the next time I see you. <laughs> yeah. That could be your prize. Congratulations! Oh. <laughs> All right, next number. Uh four. Number four. Okay, there you go. A page. Think back to your final year in secondary school. 
How did you picture your future then? Is that picture different to your life now? Wow, that's a wow. great question. <laughs> yeah, ooh, um, yes. Yes and no, actually. I think um, when, I, when I was leaving um, school, I, I was not involved in any drama in secondary school like at all. Really? And I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't ever go to a youth theatre or, well, actually that's a lie. I did when I was very young. Um, but my, my school when I was younger kind of had like a drama class and we did school plays and I did some youth theatre when I was very young. But then for all of my teen, teenage years, I didn't really have any overt interest in it. And, um, it was a massive surprise, I think, to a lot of my friends when I said that I wanted to apply to drama school. Um, so, so yeah, so for me, like, and I, I was um, in a school that it, that really wasn't recognised. And I remember saying that I wanted to do that and kind of <laughs> being looked at like I had two heads. So, um, so I wasn't really sure kind of how to go about that. And, and yeah, it was definitely in, a lot of ways a huge risk in my head because I loved art in school and art mm. history and classical studies so I kind of my part of me thought that I would go into something like that but I think I kind of did always have something in me funnily enough actually my mother during lockdown found a booklet that of me when I was younger and it said <laughs> that my favorite subject was drama so evidently it was there but it also I had a section where it said that one of my New Year's resolutions was to do more skateboarding, and <laughs> I've, had that I've never skateboarded in my life, so I don't. What know a how class much New Year's resolution! <laughs> like not even like do you know study more or you know whatever stupid resolutions we come up with, like do more skateboarding, like that's do more that's skateboarding and have more fun. They were they were two of them, hey. and. Yeah, I don't know why is it just not having I wasn't having enough fun. <laughs> but I also uh I also don't know where I got the skateboarding thing. I must have that to me just reads as someone who was really trying to impress someone specific. I don't know who that was, but oh. I I just never skateboarded, so I have no idea why I said that. But. And like where did the <laughs> like do you know where the, the drama thing then just kind of came from? Like were you just like, I loved that when I was younger and I just want to do it again? Or like do you know like where it where it like spurred out of? I think I I have a very big family mm. um, who are all quite um you know I one of the things that I think is probably a huge factor is every Sunday before Christmas we get together all the cousins on on my mother's side and there be essentially we were from a young age forced into doing party pieces for our aunts and uncles <laughs> oh god and, um, same. <laughs> oh it's I think it's a really like Irish family thing mm-hmm. and then guitar players would get out the guitars and we'd have a sing song and I really enjoyed that kind of element and way of socializing and then yeah and then I I used to go to quite a lot of theater and um, my, my parents would like bring us you know to they were both neither of them well my dad is an architect but my mother's a nurse and I think her kind of creative outlets were in her hobbies and in crafty things at home so she would bring us to a lot of like theater and Mm. and they'd bring us to galleries and things and I knew that I always wanted to kind of go into those worlds and 
ultimately, I guess as well, like in terms of film and theatre, actors are what you see. So if you're drawn to that industry or that kind of, um, I guess, medium, then you see the actors first off. Mm. Like, I want to do that. So, um, so yeah, I think I think that's a, probably a combination of mm. of those things. And then you went to the Gaiety. I did. Yes. Yeah. And how did you find that? Yes. Yeah, I found it great. I um, yeah, I found it really good. I found it really hard. I think, like I'm sure you were the same in in mm. drama school. It's a weird yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I found it, I think after the first year I was really struggling because I don't know if you guys were the same, but in the first year you kind of put in a lot of work and there's very little performance happening. So they, and rightly so, kind of protect you in the first year so that in second year you're ready to kind of, you know, go out there and and do performances. But I found after the first year I was finding it quite tedious because it was a lot of time spent in classrooms kind of doing things and not having the same, you know, feeling of, yeah. of performance. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think drama school, like everything, it's per, like, it doesn't suit everyone. Yeah. And I don't think a it's lot a of it's, A lot of it, like, is, you know, as much as like, it's great, but a lot of it is bullshit as well. <laughs> like, Isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I think when I was in first year drama school, I kind of thought that you had to, just being a bit younger, more naive or whatever, I kind of thought that like everything that they said that you kind of, they were right and you had to do it. Do you know? So then I was like conflicted. Yeah. And then I think as it went along, I was like, okay, like this works for me or this is absolute bullshit and I'm not doing that. Do you know? But when I was a bit younger, I was totally, like, yeah. this is all so overwhelming. Like how am I supposed to do all of these things? And just, you know, a lot of it's just, just be, just be natural. Like it's not that complicated. <laughs> That's so true. Like, did you find that in some ways I feel like I was maybe, I don't know, I, I think it's really helpful in that, especially things like massive things like Commedia dell'arte, I loved, I loved all the physical theatre stuff. Mm. Um, and things that are quite big, I think definitely sort of shake you up and make you take yourself less seriously. Yes. So yeah. important. <laughs> but then there's other things. I think that's, that's kind of the goal, isn't it? And then there's other things that for me, it kind of hindered that. Like, there were certain things I know in, in some classes where you kind of felt pressure to come up with something really kind of explored, <laughs> like something yeah. really yeah. sort of absurd and interesting. <laughs> and then I always just felt really stunted and self-conscious. And mm. um, yeah, so I think sometimes, I mean, I guess like everything, taking taking the things that help you and leaving Yeah. Things. Have you worked predominantly, predominantly in um, TV and film then since you finished? Um, I, you know, I've been quite lucky in that I, I always, I kind of got into it with an attraction to theatre and, um, actually kind of going back to your question about leaving school, my CAO things were, were like a lot of combinations of arts and Trinity, mostly like film and English and Mm. things like that. So I was always really attracted in the process of filmmaking. And, but then as, as I was saying earlier on, saw kind of actors in the theatre and thought they were amazing. So I kind of went into it for theatre. And when I graduated, I did, I went straight into a TV job. Um, that was Red for, Rock. Yeah, exactly. So I did that for two years, um, which was just such an amazing baptism of fire. And 
Um, yeah, I'd actually had was, Anne on the podcast. She was in Red Rock and she was I like, oh, she was I like, loved it. I should have a team now because I had Paul, normal people and Red Rock and now you've been oh, involved. <laughs> and like the intersection. Yeah, like the intersection. But uh, yeah. she, she was talking about like just the, the being on a set like that and just churning it out like so quickly yeah. and how you just have to learn you know like you just have to do it and you learn so quickly I was like that's actually really interesting that you just you're, you don't have the time to like build up to the performance you just have to give the performance in the moment because they're like we that's need to get true. this done mm. totally and and um yeah and Anne is just I mean she's such a natural she was 17 on that and and she just came in and, and just kind of nailed it and um in terms of like actually she was a lot younger than me but I had no experience in terms of a professional setting. So for us, we kind of both discussed at the time and even still how bizarre a start that was because, um, you know, then you go into every job and you're like, Brand, we've one take. And, you know, you might get scripts like on the morning that you're filming or the night before mm. um, and, and all that. And I think I really, really struggled with that um, at the time. But I think in hindsight, since then, I'm like, you just got to be prepared because I always felt a bit underprepared because I was practically trying to, mm. you know, keep up with everything and everyone around me. And, um, and I think that, yeah, so that, that was a huge learning curve, but, um, but yeah, no, I like even, I mean, my last job was a theater job over here and um, called me that I loved doing. Oh, cool. So I really love, I really do love theater and yeah I think the rehearsal room is one of my favorites yeah parts of the whole thing but yeah I've done I've done kind of a mix of both really it's usually kind of where most actors find their you know it's where the first love is generally for most actors is theater like people kind of usually go from theater to film and tv it's rare that people kind of just go straight into film and tv I think that like we all yeah that's true yeah do you find do you like the variation or, or are you is there one over the other that you I, I always, I always ask that question and I'm like I don't know what do you think do you mean, do you mean like variation do you, do you mean like are they similar or do you or do I just do both like do you, sorry like do you prefer <laughs> doing one or the other yeah I think I actually prefer film and tv now mm. yeah I, I think I always did loads of theatre and then I just kind of discovered film and tv in third year of college and then I did a year in Bow Street um but yeah I just loved it then I don't know I think maybe because it's just more natural or something I think personally that's yes would be my preference what about yourself I I I'm unsure I used to always say that I you know that I love them both equally I think at the moment I really love um, I think one of my favorite aspects of the whole job is how collaborative it mm. is and that in every single production, no department can exist without the others. So like no one, you know, you're constantly this kind of cog in a machine that moves together. And, um, and that's the same for theater, but I think you're more aware of that in film, which is something I really love. Like I love that feeling of the second you all come in in the morning, everybody needs each other so much yeah. to make the day go smoothly. <laughs> Whereas Peter's a bit more isolated. Our rehearsal room is generally mm. less, less um, departments working together at the beginning. So yeah, so I love that aspect of film and seeing how other people's jobs work and, and stuff. So mm. yeah. What would you think that like a uh, younger you, like leaving cert you would think of you now? Oh, I think... I mean, I definitely couldn't have foreseen a pandemic. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I no, I think 
you know, when I was in school, I, I kind of went through so many different things I wanted to do. And, and at one point, really early on, I, I thought I wanted to be a cinematographer, knowing nothing about it. Mm, cool. <laughs> um, but I think I'd be so chuffed that I'm, I'm still working within those mediums. And ultimately, I always wanted to like, it wasn't even so much specifically about a job than a lifestyle. And I really wanted to, you know, just have lovely people and do mm. creative things. And I really feel I have that. So I feel um, my my younger self would probably <laughs> look at a lot of things in my life that are still a mess and <laughs> um, not have realized there'd be quite so much service industry jobs on the way. Yeah. But, um, but no, I think, I think I was kind of up for that too. And I think, I think my younger self would be. I think that what you said about like just having a creative lifestyle, I think... I think that's good. Like I'm very similar. Like I don't, and even if I have ever had a job that's like, you know, kind of like normally I'm like, I need to kind of be out of it or at least doing something else at the same time. Like I think if you just are one of those people that needs a creative life, you just, you kind of just have to follow that path, don't you? It's true. Yeah. And you do many things. They're just proofs that you don't have to be, you know, tied down to one. Yes. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to the next number? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, what number would you like? Three, because I feel like you got to get a three in there. And uh, number three. Oh, okay. This is a uh, name the Netflix show. <gasps> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'll be terrible at that. Do you watch much, like, do you watch much TV, Netflix? Yeah. Do you know what? I am, um, I, I, I'm I, I, really bad for somebody that works and I'm really bad at like catching up with series and being mm. like, you know, present with whatever everyone else seems to be watching. I love movie. Do you know the the film app and website? They do curated films. It's really, really good. But um oh, okay. so I love that. Hmm. Uh but I am lately watching Hollywood by Ryan Murphy. Oh yeah I've heard it's good. You love it. Yeah I do. And I, I kind of feel like um it isn't what I usually would go for necessarily but it's just got a really kind of big heart and it's it's very kind of um colorful and mm. poppy but yet there's a lot about diversity in the industry and um manipulation sexually and mm. and power kind of distribution wise so it's it's yeah it's really good. yeah I like to think that I watch like a healthy amount of you know tv series I wouldn't watch too much but like for a lockdown I've watched so many like too haven't many. We all. <laughs> we all. Okay. The question. So, name the Netflix show. A dangerously charming, intensely obsessive young man goes to extreme measures to insert himself into the lives of those he is transfixed by. Name the show. <laughs> oh, I'll be so bad. Oh, um, I'll give you a hint, or will yeah. I? The main character is really handsome and most of the world would agree oh is it Versace no (laughs) no okay I haven't actually seen that okay can I get can I get the description again okay a dangerously charming intensely obsessive young man goes to extreme measures to insert himself into the lives of those he is transfixed by Is it you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay! 
second time lucky with a lot of help. <laughs> I feel like that was a good clue. Like people, that was a really good love clue. Playing badly, like or badly. They do. Just love him. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, he's still, I, to me, he's still gossip girl forever. Sorry if I've just spoiled the show for you. What? Gossip Girl. Did you remember, did you ever watch Gossip Girl? Oh yeah, I actually watched the first season and then I don't know, I got distracted by something else, but I do know that he is Gossip Girl. Sorry. Yeah, Spoiler I, know. Alert. I do feel I do feel like I, I found out before I finished about watching either. I feel like if you're watching Gossip Girl, like the world knows that he is Gossip Girl. Yeah, it's so I don't true. know if it makes that much sense. I know I only watched season one, but I was like when I heard that I was like, Really? He's Gossip Girl? Well he'd be yeah. writing about himself. Anyways, I'm sure they haven't thought too deeply into it. <laughs> like multifaceted manipulator, obviously. So yeah. <laughs> all right, next number. Uh eleven. Number eleven. What failure do you fear the most? Hmm. I think probably moral failures. Okay. You know, like, I think in terms of, I mean, as we've said, you can't really be afraid too much in our job. Mm. Um, because there's just so many of them. <laughs> um, and there is in life too. But I think, um, and certainly I think your whole 20s are kind of, for me anyway, very much haunted by this feeling of like, you know, that you're not as good a person as as you yes. want to be. or um, And I think in your 20s, you're very kind of self-reflective and very aware of yourself. So you're kind of conscious of every interaction. And, mm. you know, I think we all have our friends or know our friends who you have a lot of discussions about debriefing, if that was okay, or if you said or did the right thing. And, and I certainly find it as well in terms of just, even just small things like, remembering dates of people's birthdays and being I don't know I guess we I think we live in such a kind of fast-paced world that's so you know there's so much pressure to succeed and um, mm. maybe socially and professionally and because of that I think we spend a lot of time on ourselves and then sometimes I stop and I'm like I have not been a good enough auntie or um daughter or you know that kind of stuff so um I think that might be yeah, yeah. Are you, are you, like, are you kind of very concerned with wanting people to think you are a nice person? That's a good question. Like, I, I want to say no instantly, but I guess that's probably, like, my ego wanting that to be the case. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think maybe we all are more than we, like, well, I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, I guess so. Like, I if I'm honest, it hasn't been, I wouldn't consider myself someone that like cares that much about what people think, but I guess that's not true. Like, I guess Mm. we all want people's approval. And yeah, I think also like I, I went to an all girls school and Catholic school. And like, I felt very much there that there was this pressure to be like a nice girl and like, you know, a good yeah. member of society. And I think that um as as well because obviously, you know, we come from a country that's safe and I come from a middle class family. So I'm very aware of like, you know, all of those privileges and not wanting to come across a certain way. And then yeah. on top of that, you're also that society by its nature kind of teaches women and people in general um that 
that there's kind of that you have to present yourself as a very kind of good nice person yeah (laughs) whatever that means so yeah I guess so but ultimately I don't think that my fears come from um external judgment and more it's that thing isn't it where like you go from being a child to an adult and you're like actually only I'm accountable for what I do and am Mm. I happy at the end of the day and and I think like yeah I think at the moment that's just something that I I think like I spend so much time and we all do um working hard and wanting to you know put effort and time into our careers that sometimes I just stop and I'm like actually no your theme now this week or this year should be putting that time into the people around you because ultimately that's like the only thing yeah but then you tell yourself those things and like a week later you forget you're like oh shit (laughs) exactly yeah that's true that's true and there's no like you know you get judged for your photos that you put up you get judged for like what you wear Uh, and stuff but like there isn't really people as such commenting day to day on like what you did behind the scenes that yeah. was looking out for someone or like, do you know, like I think it's it's about things that, I mean, I've always felt pretty strongly about like doing stuff that maybe puts yourself out because it's the right thing. Um, yes. And I think like that is is something that maybe just lately, especially I think in this time, you know, we all have the time to kind of introspectively look at yeah. ourselves. And, and I guess that's the thing that I would hate to fail at most is like, you know, become become an asshole. Yeah, become <laughs> an asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that like, for me, I, I, I'm like very similar as well. I think that if someone was like, oh, state of Emma Jane's clothes or her podcast is shit or whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't care too much. Whereas <laughs> like maybe I'd be a bit like, oh, that's mean. But like, you know, I definitely get over it. Whereas I do, I have a thing like if somebody was like, oh, like she's like just not a nice person or she's a bitch, like that would really like, I don't know where it comes from, but like that would really hurt me. And I maybe it is the thing as well. Like I went to all girls Catholic school and it was like big focus on like being a nice person and stuff. Um, so I definitely have a similar fear like of being portrayed as not nice and I, like I think that I'll probably try harder to kind of like n- for people not to think that like you know I'm a bitch or like yeah you know what I mean that's so I totally know what you mean I just completely do like mm. yeah that's it I think I'm in the exact same boat as that like if somebody says I'm I'm ugly or wear weird clothes. I'm like, well, that's on you, pal. Like, that's mm. really mean. But if somebody says that you were unkind, then of course you have to look inside and check that. Um, but yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I think it's that thing as well, though. Like, I ultimately, you know, I always, like, I love that saying. I can't remember what it is. But basically the idea is that there's a big difference between being nice and being kind. And yeah, nice people want to look like they're being kind. Sometimes it seems that someone's not doing the right thing because under the surface, it's actually the kinder thing to do. And yeah. that's something that lately like really stays with me is like, like kind of fuck what they think in terms of like what comes across nicely, like mm. do the right thing. Um, and you kind of can't go wrong. Yeah. So. Would you have like expectations on high expectations for other people then like in your life no I actually really don't think I would Mm. you know that like I think like maybe when I was younger in relationships say or things like that I would definitely um probably have have that but I don't I think like 
I don't know. The older you get, I sound like I think I'm 70 here, but like, you know, I don't <laughs> we know. We are you 70. Find. We have yeah. aged so much I over the time. Years. <laughs> <laughs> here I am in my rocking chair with my pipe. I actually you know, so talking about the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think like the older you get, like, you can't be holding on to that kind of stuff. Like, mm. I don't, I, I certainly think in terms of definitely in friendships, like, you can't be having requirements of people. If someone's busy for months and months and months, if they're mm. a pal, like, they can always, like, you know. Um, and I think I'm lucky in that my friends are the same and my family really put so little expectation on me and are really just completely supportive. So that's um, great. I feel lucky that I kind of, yeah. I you know, you know I those friends. Same. I hope I don't, I'm not like one of those real, like, needy. Well, yeah, you know those people and like, they're not necessarily bad people or anything, but like, you know, if you were to have to cancel something, but you just know that it just wouldn't go down as well, would you know those certain people in your life that you're like terrified of like, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Like, this is just, this isn't going to go well. Like, if I'm one of those people, just slap me. That is, I know exactly the way. And I, yeah, I just think it's mad. Like, the chances are somebody is either genuinely busy or like even mm. if they're not, they might be wrecked <laughs> yeah. in such a busy way that it should be okay to just be like, I'm really down today. I actually can't leave the house or whatever yeah. the thing is, you know? So, um, so yeah, no, mm. I, I hope right. not we move on to the next question. Let's do it. Yay. What number would you like? Uh, 10. Number 10. Has anyone you loved ever really failed you? Ooh, <laughs> I don't even like ask this question sometimes I'm like oh it's such a big I know. question I say you're like this could open a can of worms yeah. um, <laughs> oh man um, I mean definitely but nothing I'm trying to think of something that would come to mind on that one have you been broken hearted no I think do you know do you know what it is I think in terms of that question like I don't think there's any person that exists who, you know, I basically don't think that anyone can say, no, nobody's ever failed me. Mm. But that being said, I think, I mean, this is getting very philosophical, but like, no, I don't think that people set out to do that. There's such a number of factors um, at play when somebody lets you down. And it might be an inadequacy on their part, or it might've been something else. And, um, I guess my kind of initial answer is no, just because I think that um, it, you only have your own perception of a situation. And I kind of like to always choose the one that isn't angry and begrudging just because it actually doesn't serve anyone. And um, of course, I've been let down like numerous times <laughs> and in bigger ways than others. But like, I, I don't I don't have anyone that I really blame at all. Yeah. Because everyone's human and I'm sure I've I've... Um, let other people down and, and fail so yeah um, it's a very so, yeah. mature way to look at it oh look at the time I probably kick and scream yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then in hindsight I'm like is this helpful is it you know mm. um, and yeah I do think that we're all just you know big kids trying our best yeah so. I think it's easier as well in life to just have your attitude I think to just cope with being let down in life or whatever it is that goes wrong I think like having the attitude of well look you know different circumstances and 
you know, it's not like necessarily the person trying to intentionally hurt you or whatever it is. Like, it's just better for yourself to cope that way, I think. I agree. Mm. I agree. And, and I guess a lot of that is, um, with thanks to my brother, I, I'm the youngest of uh, three older siblings who were all very wise and I was chaotic and <laughs> and I remember having a big debrief over tea with my mother and sister about a boy when I was really young and my brother comes into the room and he's like do you know what like he's like fuck him what can you learn about this what can you learn from this about you and that really kind of has really sat with me in the long run because actually the only thing you can learn from a situation is how you deal with it and why it bothers you so much. You can't point fingers actually. So, yeah. Um, and you'll never control someone else. So, so what's the point, you know? Yeah. Learn about your, yeah, that, that's interesting. This is definitely a time as well. I think where you we're just like figuring so much. I feel anyways that I'm just figuring so many like things out about myself, like, you know, how you cope with something. Cause I was even saying to you before we start recording that, like I moved to London, you know, being like, yeah, I'm going to move to London. It's going to be great. And that was in January. And then I had to move home in March to Tipperary, like not even to Dublin where I would usually kind of be most of the time. And like, I think like I've adapted quite well. Like, I think if you told me that before, I'd be like, oh my God, that'd be terrible. But like, I think when you're just yeah. in the midst of it, you just, I don't know, you just kind of get on with it and you just make the best of it. Oh, that's so true. Because it is like, that's the thing. It's, it is, that's so disappointing, you know, that it didn't go to plan and all of that. And I think you're right. This time is strange and all of those things and um, mm. but it is kind of it feels like the world is in such a crisis yeah. socially and health wise and politically that the small things it becomes really difficult to kind of care about I find because you're, yeah. you're just going there's so much happening and um, yeah. that yeah but have you been working on any kind of like projects yourself or something to get you through the time like have you been productive Oh, do you know what? I guess that should have been my failure straight up <laughs> at the beginning. Sorry, I was like, I'm going to learn French. I'm going to, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'd all these, I'd all these plans. I don't know where I thought I was going with that because I've not, <laughs> not done any of them. Um, but uh, no, I do. I feel like I've kind of created little routines and, and um, I mean, some whole weeks go by and I don't exercise, and then others go by and I go for a walk and pat myself yeah. on, my, on my back or, um, but ultimately I can definitely categorically say that the weeks they do exercise, my brain is so much better. So yeah. I've tried to do that. And then, um, I've had like bits, I've been really lucky in terms of, I've had bits ticking along in the past few weeks, Good, yeah. um, work-wise and, and being kind of trying to be involved in any way. Creatively. Things are definitely wise. kind of like, you know, yeah things are getting busier like I definitely find myself just having a lot more to kind of do in the last few weeks yeah and then and you must know with this you must be is weird too you know it's like especially in Ireland I know you're over in London at the moment but like they're just kind of being like okay we're going steps ahead and I was like oh god I wasn't ready for this I can do what now like okay I really need to you know adjust my brain back 
Completely, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a shock to the system, isn't it? I remember yeah. when Boris Johnson made his first unbelievably unclear. Oh my <laughs> God. And I was listening to it and he, he was saying, um, those of you who can go back to work, you're back to work on Monday. And I was like, what? <laughs> Deep in hibernation mode here. What do you mean I have to go to work on Monday? So yeah, I think we're all going to have a serious shock to the system. Like there with the Doritos, like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mid spoonful of ice cream. Like, yeah. what, do what do you mean? It's bikini season all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, great. All right. Okay. Sorry. I have, haven't been keeping track of time. Okay. We're okay. <laughs> what um, number would you like next? Ah, uh, two. Number two. Um, how do you cope with failure? Hmm. I think go running to my nanny. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it always, I know that's maybe one of your other questions on the thing, but I feel like whenever something happens, I pick up the phone to my mother. Go <laughs> to when you fail. We'll have, a, is, we'll have a double question. Yeah, A double question. I like, I feel like my kind of, when I fail, there's a sort of ritual that happens, which is like, tell her <laughs> and have a chat. And then after that, I, I think I do a thing where I tell the story again and again um, to like pals and stuff to try and make myself laugh at it. Like I, I recently, what is that song? I should remember it now. But there's a, a song lyric that's like, I don't want to be funny anymore. And, uh, and I'm like, I really felt so hard because I feel like when I fuck up or when I fail, I feel the need to tell everyone. And yeah, I am myself the center of the same. joke, <laughs> and everyone laughs. And then, like years later, they're like, "Remember that time you fell over or like did this?" And I'm like, "Oh, do stop laughing at me again?" <laughs> and I've totally set it up. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I just go to like I don't know what it is, and I tell myself I won't do it this time. Like I won't make you know, don't bother them. Like just just you're grand and then like yeah I'll be talking to like for example my mom or dad or whatever and I'll be like no no I won't let them know you know that this thing has happened because it's not that big a deal and I'll be fine tomorrow like don't yeah, mention exactly. it MJ. and it's like two minutes into the conversation so yeah this thing happened and it's really shit <laughs> oh I'm, I'm the exact same or else I like chop my hair off or dye it or something I like yeah actually your hair is so <laughs> cool blonde um I have to say oh. This is another um, quarantine failure because I I got too desperate to just hang out for the salons and did a bottle uh, thing on my roots. I can't um, really see too properly now. To me, it's, it looks well. Great. It's super yellow. But, um, <laughs> oh, I see the little bit. It's not too bad. See the difference. So, did you have to dye your hair oh, for the show, or was that something you did before the show? Or no, I actually did it between my audition and being cast. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, so I was quite panicked about that being a massive problem, but um, the, they were lovely and encouraging and, and allowed me to keep it so yeah, that it didn't have to I die really over. I do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, do you think you'll keep it like that for a while? I mean, if it doesn't fall out of my head, yeah, uh, I, 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 it's fun. Like I enjoy it, but I, I think it's, it's massively damaged. Oh yeah, <laughs> I suppose die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I die. look at like I'm looking at you now with your healthy hair, and I'm like, oh, 
Well, I look like a ghost with this lighting, I swear. Like You I do just... not. Everyone with healthy hair now, I just think, is, is a magical creature. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I was in the middle of that question and then I got sidetracked. What I, meant to, what I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, you were saying that you go to your mom and stuff. Like, how do you find living away now from your family? Like, do you find that you're okay with that or are you, would you get quite homesick? I find it okay. I definitely miss my family. We're really close and I miss them a lot, but I, I've always been pretty independent um, in that I was the last to leave home. So um, so my siblings were would have been out of the house and would have been me and my parents, but I, I left home pretty young as well. Well, not that young, but for Ireland, <laughs> everyone seems to stay in the nest forever. So yeah, so I lived out of home for like five or six years before I'd moved to London. Mm. So um, in terms of that, I I don't feel homesick, but yeah. the biggest thing is I have nephews in Ireland and I miss them massively because oh, they just yeah. get so big. So yeah, that's probably what I miss most. Do you foresee yourself staying in London long-term now or are you just kind of going with the flow? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I... <laughs> I think, I mean, like we touched on earlier, it's so hard to say what you're going to be doing in any given year mm. in our job and our lifestyle. So I think um, I kind of just take it year by year. But mm. there's definitely elements that I miss about Ireland. I love Ireland. Um, and then there's there's things about, you know, my life here that I feel I've created a lifestyle that really suits me currently. So mm. I'm really happy at the moment unless that it was to change. Do you find that there is more work in London? Like, have you found that you are busier since you moved over? Oh, I've been, I mean, I've been home for work quite a bit. Yeah. I think Ireland has such an exciting industry at the moment. And um, we have, we have a lot of people who are making really cool work. And even like people that are only emerging now. Um, so I think... I don't know. No, I haven't really found that to be, I didn't move here for work. You know, I wasn't mm. kind of, I didn't come over thinking that it would um, be an opportunity for more work. It was more a lifestyle. I'm sure, I don't know if, what you were, but I, I yeah. just wanted to live in a different city. And yeah, I was um, the same. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I can't say I find much. They're, it's so easy to travel between the two, isn't it? So we're lucky in so that way. Easy, so I, yeah. I feel like, it's it's still the same still audition between the two yeah where would you like to see yourself in 10 years time oh um (laughs) you know like my my quarantine fantasy that I'm sure by the time around this I'll be like what was I saying but lately I just have this massive draw to living somewhere rural like I'm like I'd really like to be super busy with work, but my time off to be very, very peaceful. Come visit me, like Tipperary. I'm like, exactly. using the cows at the moment. It's just gas. That sounds like the dream. Like, apart mm. from my, my setting things on fire, like, I'm just loving, like, baking breads and cooking soups. Yeah. And, um, but no, in, in maybe a more ambitious version of that story, <laughs> I'd just like to be really consistently working um, and be and be very yeah be very involved and very busy professionally and then my time off to just be um very relaxed and hang out with my people yeah yeah that's good like a bit of the work-life balance thing which is yeah 
Nice. Yeah, like I, I am finding I'm obviously from Tipperary, but I, you know, been living it or lived in Dublin for nearly eight years, and then um, moved over to London. Obviously, you know, I'm not there at the moment, but now I'm back in Tip for probably the longest stint I've been in Tipperary since I was, you know, eighteen. And I'm really, yeah, I am, how you find that? Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm loving it. Like I'm really appreciating country life and, you know. Yeah greenery and stuff and I never thought that I'd be like oh maybe I will live in the countryside and I'm like god you know it is a really really nice lifestyle yeah mm. totally that yeah. must be that must be lovely to return to it it's like the, the most extreme of extremes like I was living in yeah. London <laughs> back to like rural Ireland Gosh. I know yeah I think we have what time for one more question if you'd like yeah. to pick one last number. Okay, 16. <laughs> number 16. How do you measure your success? How do I measure my success? I guess um, how satisfied I feel in any mm. given time. So I'd say how happy I feel, but that's not true because I've been really creatively satisfied or really busy with work or, you know, everything going well and I felt like shit so (laughs) um we all know that they actually don't correlate but um (laughs) I (laughs) I think when I I think for me I feel at my most successful when I'm maybe being like true to what I want to do as well you know I know that sounds like a cop-out but I feel like in creative industries there's a lot of times where you have to compromise uh, whether it's to pay rent or um or you know for whatever the reason, I think um, when I feel that I am doing something that is what I think is really good work and I'm involved with people that I think like really care about the thing, um, that that for me is when I feel successful, when I feel like I'm really putting in work and I'm like yeah. giving up what I can and everyone around me are people that I admire as humans or mm. creatively. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. It's like, you know yourself, that feeling of creative flow when when everyone's like exhausted from working Mm. but is like you know really giving it their best and really wants to make each other shine yeah I think that that's so true like that that special I actually I think um a teacher said before about like working as an actor that like if you had the magic three what was it now let me think uh money mates and work the work meaning like that the work is actually really good and he was like you know, you should always try and at least have two of the three because, you know, you're not always going to get, you know, the three. And he said, like, if the if the job only has one, it might not be worth taking. But he's like, when you get all three, it's actually very rare, but it's that kind of like peak. Like, you know, you're getting paid yeah. for your work. You really believe in the work and then the people are just class as well. And it's just very sweet. Yeah. No, that's so true. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's like, that's the best feeling ever, isn't it? Mm. Like, and I, you know, I'm, I think we're kind of all the same in Ireland. Like Ireland just come on so much. It's such an exciting place. But I think when we were younger, there was too much um, pressure and emphasis put on being maybe, maybe Celtic Tiger babies and, you know, mm. your job being what society perceived to be yeah. impressive or correct. Um, and I remember when I was younger and I, that's something that I still really stick by. Like, I think success is like living your own life the way you want it. And like being yourself as mad or 
as whatever that might be perceived to be. And as long as you're doing stuff that feels like it's what you want and you're expressing like how you how you feel the world should be, I think like that's that's prime and it doesn't actually matter like what the job is. Yeah. That is the perfect note to end this on India. That was absolutely fab. Thank you so so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fail Harder. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you could help me spread the word by subscribing to the podcast, rate and review it, share it with a friend, that would be such a huge help. Thank you so much. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.